Welcome to the Sarah Centrella Show. Join best-selling author, master life coach, and manifesting expert Sarah Centrella as she shares tips, tools, and inspiring interviews to help you create your dream life. It's time to hustle and thrive. Now, here's your host, Sarah Centrella. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Sarah Centrella Show. I am really looking forward to today's podcast because I have a special, special guest and someone I'm really excited for all of you to meet um, because I know that if you've been following me for a while, you know my obsession with Italy is real. And it's something I talk about all the time, post about all the time. Um, And so that obsession actually is what led me um, to our guest today. So um, you're about to meet Kathy McCabe. Kathy McCabe is the executive producer and host of the PBS show, Dream of Italy. Um, And welcome to the show, Kathy. I can't wait to get into all the good stuff today. I'm so happy to be here. Yes, there's so much to talk about. Thank you for having me. Oh my gosh. So Listeners, if you love travel, um, and I know tons of you do because that's kind of part of our future board, right? We're, we're building out the moments and experiences that we want. Um, you have got to go check out Dream of Italy, especially if you have Italy obsessions uh, like me, and um, you are going to fall in love with Kathy the way that I did. I literally like DM'd her, you know, old school stalker style and was like, ah, love the show. Would love to have you on. Um, love everything that you're doing. And so I, I know all of you guys are going to be out there and be obsessed, but as with everything, and we always kind of start this show, Kathy, with talking about our backstory a bit, because, you know, so many times people can see what's where we're at right now, right. Which is, you know, the success or, um, the achievements that we've made and they kind of assume, okay, so that's you, you've always been there. And, we're smarter than that. We know that that is not how it goes. We know that um, it takes a, sometimes a long time to get to where we're at. So can you take us back to um, back to kind of the beginning? Where did um, either your dream of television or your dream of um, Italy or travel or any of that, where did all of this begin for you? Oh, gosh. Um, in many different places, in many different ways. And I know you and I have spoken um, privately about taking your kids, traveling with your kids and the influence that can have on them for the rest of their lives. So a couple of memorable experiences are when I was 10 years old, there was a new airline called People Express that flew from New Jersey to London. And my mom decided it would be great for um, the three of us. I was an only child to go. And that was a life changing trip. I actually studied European studies at Georgetown and, uh, you know, my whole world was opened by that trip. So definitely I got the travel bug from my family. My grandparents were Italian American. Uh, my grandfather only had an eighth grade education. He was a railroad engineer, so they didn't have a lot of money, but they saved it. And in their retirement, before I was born and, and when I was young, they traveled all over the world and they were my daycare. So my mother was a teacher. I would go to their house every day. And I, it, for me, their house embodied all that is, uh, it's Italy, Italian-American culture, 
the sort of Italian warmth. And so I felt so enveloped in that. And I was telling someone the other day, you know, it wasn't idyllic. My grandfather had a temper and would yell. It's not, you know, it wasn't perfect, but right. that's also that's also part of the scene, right? That's you part know, of the Italian. <laughs> yeah. Gosh. Uh that I got my first taste of what uh, Italian Italian men can really be like. Right. So, but my grandfather at holiday uh, dinners would talk about his father's town, Castelvetere Sol Colore, and how magical it was and how it had been his own dream to see this town. And if you watch, if you look for the Castelvetere episode of Dream of Italy from season two, I, I go more into the story. It had been his dream to find the town. He goes to Italy. He goes to the wrong town. The month after I graduated from college, my mom and I went on his behalf. He was 93 and then living in a nursing home to find the town. And we find the town. Uh Oh, and I have to say, I just rewatched that um, episode. I love that episode. I literally just watched it this last week. Um, and guys, you can go watch it, stream it on Amazon as well. That's um, where I was streaming it. So you can grab it there too. Um, but it was so heartbreaking. Here he was in Italy and, you know. Very close. There are two towns yeah. that have similar, that start with Castelvetere. Um, he was on a cruise, so we only had a day. And he's taken to the wrong town. So oh, he so always to kind of come full circle. It had to have been so meaningful because yeah, he, was, uh, he would always it. say they would have never let me leave, which is probably true. So my mother and I find the town, and then like 36 hours, my grandfather dies oh, while we're God. still in Italy. And you know, I still believe he. Get, you know, I'm going to start crying. He knew. I still believe he, he gave me that. Italy and Castelvetro. We were very close, so uh, he gave me this sort of to. Uh, stem the brunt of it. And I actually worked in TV news at the beginning of my career at ABC. I worked for Peter Jennings. I love news. I had always intended to work in TV news. And then, you know, through my early career, I would always go to Italy for my vacations. And I realized that there were other people who were obsessed. And in 2002, I started so this dream is really 19 years, you know, this dream is more than 19 years old, but this specific dream of Italy, I've been doing this for 19 years. It's not something I did this all. Wow, guys, I, I just want my audience to catch that because that is, I mean, no matter how many times we reiterate that it takes a while to have your dreams happen, people still think that if their dream doesn't happen in a year or six months or two years, that they're not, you know, like, I guess I should just give up. I guess it's just not for me. 19 years, y'all. 19 years. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> That's just, it's, it's, it, it is a very, uh, it's, it's, you're a responsible coach in, in sharing that also, because, you know, even through those 19 years and the last couple of years, I see how people, you know, Instagram and instant Insta, 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 right. things are not Insta or some, sometimes they can be, and that's wonderful, but, uh, the, the magazine and the membership site really morphed into the PBS show seven years ago. So it took all that time. And it wasn't like, I, I wasn't sitting there plotting, uh, I should have been plotting more, maybe what will I do with this? But I had other, um, things going on in my life and, uh, I got sidetracked by some of those, and so, but, you know, I think my friend Becky says, you know, what's meant to be yours is yours. I think this kind of was ultimately what it was going to be. It just took a while. 
And, and it's really building the foundation in all those years, yeah. previous, right? Like the, the opportunity for the PBS show would never have come along had you not built a foundation True. underneath it, you know, which was hustle and, you know, kind of building um, both your knowledge of Italy and building the audience and all of those things. And um, I just can't reiterate it enough, y'all. I was just coaching somebody the other day about, and they're starting their brand. And I was like, go unfollow everybody who you like <laughs> right now, who's doing what you want to do, because you're going to compare yourself to them right now. And then go look at their first post like 10 years ago or whatever. And then you can understand how long this takes. So I, I just, I love that. And so you started in news um, and tell us a little bit more about kind of that background and, and how that ultimately transitioned. So I started, I worked at ABC News in New York City. I was, my first job was a desk, I was a desk assistant for World News Tonight with Peter Jennings and, you know, it aired at 6.30 Eastern time. And beforehand we would Xerox the scripts and run them around to, obviously they were in the prompter, but then we would run them to the control room and then we would run them to, uh, you know, Peter's desk and we would, uh, yeah, this was old school. And I then worked for the investigative unit at ABC News and something I learned there that I actually see um, that I learned and is so ingrained in me, but then I see other people I sometimes work with or, or am tangentially working with that don't have this uh, attitude. There was no room to come back and say, I didn't get it or no, or and I, and that I've also had that work, work ethic or that sense of self, I think my whole life, but you didn't at that level, you, you didn't say, well, I tried and it didn't work. You did everything humanly possible. And exactly. I think yeah. it's really an essential part of success. I think I'm surprised I have a, an assistant who works for me right now, but she's uh, she's been with me for almost two years and she's leaving for a fantastic job uh, in the travel world. And um, she is like that. I asked her to do something. I don't know if she's ever come back and said, no, I couldn't. She figures it out. And I, and, uh, I see that that is, you can, uh, there's always an excuse. Trust me, you can find an excuse or I couldn't do it or I stubbed my toe or whatever, but I'm beginning to see, or maybe I've seen this for a long time. That's the difference between success and not success. And I have, um, I think, you know, I have, I've always had Fox Terriers my whole life since birth. And I have one now Terriers go to ground, you know, to hunt for foxes and rodent. And they never, you know, these dogs that is my spirit animal they do not take no for an answer either. Right. And it's so interesting that you said, you know, there's, you can always find an excuse, which is totally true. And there's people who that's all they're going to find on the flip side of that. You can always find a way. Um, and I think the, the people who ultimately live their dream or achieve success or whatever you want to call it are the ones who always find a way. I mean, they're just, there is a way that's a, that's what being scrappy is about to me. And that's what hustle is all about to me is kind of looking at four paths. You know, you try the, the most logical one first, if it doesn't work, you try the next four. And then when those run out, you find seven more and you just go yeah. until you get the answer you want. I mean, it's, it's kind of that basic. It's, 
it takes practice trying to think outside the box sometimes. And, um, you know, I think that might be the hardest part is just the, the creatively coming up with new solutions, but it, I truly believe it's a skill set that anybody can learn over time. And it's just one that, um, if you don't have it, man, learn it because <laughs> you need it. And I think it's true for, um, one of the reasons we're talking today is I have this new special dream of Italy, travel, transform and thrive. And part of it is about moving to Italy or spending a lot of time there. And it is not an easy thing to do because it's very hard to get a job there. Visas, they can be easier for some people than others. And, you know, we ask sort of, well, if I want to move to Italy, how easy or hard is it? And I think the people in the show and my own belief is if you want to make it happen, you can. So it's not just sort of, you know, starting a TV show or starting some big dream, but even the dreams you have you know, for your personal Absolutely. life. Absolutely. I mean, it could be, you know, something you've always wanted to do, climb a mountain, run a marathon, you know, whatever those things are, there's, there's a way. And I have to tell you, whenever I tell anybody that that's my ultimate dream, because I, I do want to um, end up in Italy, whether it's full-time or, you know, most of the year, whatever, the very first thing I hear from pretty much everybody is, oh, that's pretty impossible. Like, that's just so hard. It's kind of, you know, like you said, it is really, really tricky to do. But I'm like, listen, if there's one expat living in Italy, then that means I can find a way to do it. You know, like, yeah. it's difficult, but, you know, it's about- Sometimes it isn't. Um, you can actually spend six out of 12 months of the year in Italy without a visa. So you could live- part-time. I think also when people say that, it's because they need to keep their dreams small and be okay with that. And and that is fine, by the way. Nobody, the other thing, you know, you learn so much. I think we've all learned so much through COVID, pandemic, looking at ourselves. That is fine. It's fine not to want a big change in your life or to be adventurous. But I think you always have to think about, there were a couple of ideas I've had along the way. There's one one that wasn't huge that I didn't do because somebody said not to do it. But I will tell you someone, first of all, the Castelvetere episode. I will not tell you who it was, but someone told me in no way, shape or form should you do that episode. Nobody cares about your story. (laughs) You'd be surprised who said it. Not nobody, anybody would know, but... It is the most popular episode. It is the one I get the most emails about. And my instinct always was, and this is the other thing, don't let other people crap on your instincts. And I never talk like that, but that's what it can be like. Um, I knew that there's also so many Italian-Americans. My story is very tied to the immigration, the, the, the American dream. And I'm so glad I didn't listen to that person. So you really have to think about who's saying it, you know, why are they saying it? Are they afraid to live a bigger life or are they afraid of you living a bigger life, whoever you are in their life? Right, right. Or, you know, sometimes comments like that can come from people who are the closest to us and and sometimes it can be a misguided way of they don't want you to be let down or they don't want you to kind of put your life out in a way that you might, you know, so people come from all different 
their sentiments, I guess, can come from so many different things that if, if we're guiding our whole life based on what other people are telling us or other people's thoughts or advice or fear of what they might think or say, man, what kind of life is that? No, thank you. I would much rather go make my own mistakes, you know, and I love that you touched on your intuition. We talk a lot about that on here because I love intuition. I'm really fascinated by it. Me too. Me too. And I think it's something that, I mean, sadly, I don't think that I learned really what it is because honestly, if you're not really in tune with yourself, which I wasn't for, you know, till probably my mid thirties to late thirties, when I started learning this stuff, um, they were all just voices in my head, right? It was like, you have all these conflicting opinions in your head that are telling you do this, do that. No, don't do that. You know? And so it was kind of through getting, um, present and, and really understanding body, my body signals, like kind of what gave me a stomach ache or what made me excited or Uh closed my throat up or, you know, just almost like physical things kind of helped me lead to a little bit. Um, so tell us a little bit about your intuition and the role that it's played in your life and and how you learn to listen to it. Gosh, sometimes I don't know if I do, uh, but I'm, I'm fascinated by intuition or into the intuitive world in two ways. One, our own intuition, right? Which is really the most important, mm-hmm. but I think uh, you and I have talked about it separately also. And I was interested in this before, but I've lost both my parents in the last several years and sort of the myst- the metaphysical and mystical and all that fascinates me and fascinates me even more because they're somewhere else, although they're very present in crazy signs. Right which I think I'm going to end up writing a book about. I mean, the stuff that happens is nuts. And I don't think everyone's loved ones are as, as I went, I did go to see an intuitive. Mm-hmm. She's like, haven't you noticed your mother really likes attention from wherever <laughs> she is? So, um, you know, that's, a, that's another part of intuition. And I've also learned you could go to an intuitive and ask them there. You know, I've been interested in that for several years and I've gone to a few and you ask them their opinion of what you're going to do and what your soul contract is and this and that. But you have to take that for with a grain of salt because we all also have free will. So right. I think it is those physical symptoms. I remember I got this Instagram message from someone and it was around when my dad was passing away. And I think I'd posted something about my dad and I had sort of this chill go down my back and um it was ultimately someone who wanted to do something business related. And, you know, we communicated later on, but it never went somewhere, but it ultimately, and there was no damage done, but ultimately it, it would not have been a good fit. And that moment, that first moment I knew. Yes. And, yeah. Isn't that, that's, so the, that's the first moment is when you're almost not thinking. Yeah. It's like almost a gut kind of reaction, but then so many times we talk ourselves out of it, right? Like we don't really listen to it. We're like, no, 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 maybe this, maybe this is something, maybe I should flush it out. Maybe I should. Yes. Yeah. So man, the better we get it. I'm begging myself to stop because I, I was, that was just one example. There was no harm, no foul, but I knew. Yeah. And I, isn't it funny how every time that happens, I can trace back even small things, like you said, like it, you know, it can be a DM didn't really turn into anything anyway, but, but you do, you get that kind of instant sensation. And whenever I've gone against it and just kind of forced it anyway, I just been like, no, you know, I want to give someone a chance or I wanted this, that, or the other. It always ends up exactly like I thought it would, would in that first gut instinct every time. 
<laughs> man, I could just save myself the the trouble by listening yeah. in the first place, you know? Yeah. And it's, um, it's such an interesting topic. It's something I'm really working on myself. And it's also something like you can't be, I'm so busy lately. You can't be so on autopilot that you don't listen, right? You, um, and there have been things like I'll get emails, especially related to business. I'll be, is this like as bad as I think it is? Or I'll ask friends or I'll just be like, this seems like boundary breaking. I mean, sometimes (laughs) is it me? And it's, it's wonderful to have some, I actually have this, they're all in the credits. Thanked. I have like this group of friends from, mostly went once from when I went to college, uh, a couple are from when I went, I lived in DC many years ago. And now that my parents aren't here, I would say I talked to them the most in the last year or two making this show. And they have nothing to do with my business. They have nothing to do with TV. They're just like some of my oldest friends. And they're the ones I've actually really, I will call them up once in a while, one of them, two of them and be like, what do you think of this? Like, am I crazy? So I think it's good to have people like that in your life that may have nothing to do. They really have no vested interest in, you know, what I do professionally. Uh, They've known me for a really long time. And, and they, they're, they're some of the people that I bounce things off of. And I think sometimes when you get into this what you're doing, what I'm doing, which is a little more public or people think it's like this thing that it isn't glamorous or, or whatever. You really need these people who, and I live in Denver and most of my friends here, like they don't give to, they don't care what the hell I do for a living. And, um, and they're great to talk to also because they're just, it's, I think that that's something I've really learned the last couple of years too, that they just don't want anything from me. And right. sometimes when you're on TV and it's such a, we've talked about this also, people go crazy when you're on TV. They think that you they are. Really do. You and and are they think that it's only person. just, your life is just what you're showing on TV. So Whoa, kids, it's so yeah. not. Yeah, so like if we're watching you tour around Italy, okay, that must be what she does every day. Every day she's touring yeah. around Italy, you know, like getting these <laughs> private tours. Um, yesterday I was doing an interview actually, um, it was just a group of people who are part of my friend Paula's like art history class. And they were asking about the making of this show. And I was like, uh, you know, what I do on screen is maybe less than 10% of what I actually do because I raise all the money. I do all the, you know, I oversee all the business and the agreements and the accounting and the whatever. And, um, so in that way, my show is maybe different than other people who are on TV. They're, you know, they just go and they appear on, on the show or they, you know, they, they don't do all the business of it as but well. I think, I think yours is so much like uh, entrepreneurship in general, though, because I think so many entrepreneurs can relate to exactly what you just said, that I know I can, you know, I've worn every single hat in my business. Oh my gosh. I've been a web designer. I've been an SEO expert. I've been a... God, you name it. I've been a content creator, you know, like you just, you do it. I know. And, um, and doing, having run a business for, for 12 years before I ever did the show helped me a lot, uh, because I'd already had a lot of those skills, but I like, you know, I hate the accounting, uh, I get lines on the accounting. I mean, there's so many things I could, there are things I like and things I don't like, but part of it, 
which, you know, I guess I've really come to accept and realize is my name is on the show. So a lot of this stuff I have to do very closely or keep a very close eye on. And, and that, that, that's made it very exhausting, <laughs> but yeah. that's ultimately the, that's what ultimately happens that you, um, it's not something you can put on autopilot. Right. You keep showing up through the, through the big wins and through the downs. And I, I know we've talked about this offline too, you know, COVID threw all of us into a spin, obviously. Um, and probably for you as well, as far as, you know, you can't shoot much when everyone's in quarantine and all of that kind of stuff. So how did, um, how did it affect kind of what you had planned or what you had been working on? Um, and then kind of where is that now? I know you have stuff you, you, that is coming up, but can you talk a little bit about um, getting through that adversity? Just, you know, like a lot of us had to. Well, the weird thing is for various reasons, uh, up until my thirties, I didn't have much adversity. And then I had a lot uh, before the show. Uh, which I could get into another time, or maybe there's a book in that. So I had a lot of adversity not related to the business. So uh, COVID to me was not, uh, this is shocking. And I also lost, you know, my dad died a couple months before COVID. My mother died a year and a half before COVID. Like COVID was not the worst thing that has ever happened to me. Right, right. Um, okay. And I was much more skilled at like surviving and adapting and okay, we'll just ride this one out because of other things that had happened in my life. But fortunately, I already had this special plan, dream of Italy, travel, transform and thrive, uh, sting, sting and Trudy Styler in it, Francis Ford Coppola, Francis Mays, David Bach, uh, Sally Carasino, who's a retiree and Arlene Gibbs is a career changer. So it was all about people who make their dream of Italy come true. So fortunately, the sting part was filmed in August of 2019. And then the other expats were filmed in October of 2019. So fortunately, everything was in the can before COVID. But the plan was, I think it really would have aired maybe November of 2020. So we were actually editing it last March when Italy went into, you know, we, how crazy was that, that it was Italy that there was the first. Yeah, yeah. The second country that really was so affected. So we took a break um, and then actually started up with a leaner group team, really just me and the editor, because I hadn't raised any of the money yet for the show. I, I knew I could, and I'd had, I had the opportunity to go and film a sting and that really, I, I, that was very last minute. So we just, I just put my money out to do that. And so, you know, resume sort of working on it almost in a slower way last summer and um, so in a way, Italy saved me or I was very involved with Italy all through the pandemic. And even my own company, we did a coloring book. We did these virtual workshops. We did more content about people that made their dream come true versus travel. Um, so kind of did a little bit of pivoting there. But I was working on this all through COVID. So it's weird, even though I couldn't go, there, there, right. my, there, my baby Italy was, um, and then I actually end up raising all the money at the end. Um, like, I'm not kidding in like six weeks. Um, 
when, and it was partially the timing, you know, the world was opening up. This is a few months ago. And um, so that was weird. I couldn't really approach people last summer about funding it because everyone in their mind, right, yeah. what the hell are we going to ever do? Yeah. So uh, it's coming out later than it was planned, but, you know, sometimes things are right on time. And yep. so premiering in a few days and really when people are starting to think about travel again, but also think about what kind of life are we going to have? Yes. And yes, what changes. Yes. And I've thought so much about it uh, myself. And, and and your message in this show is probably more spot on now than it would have been had it come out. Oh, totally. You know, and under the pandemic. Yeah. And the whole idea was in 20, you know, I came up with in 2019, it was really, it's a pledge special, which means people can donate to their local PBS station. And often those are about teaching you something or anti-aging, retiring, you know, aging better, living healthier. And all those themes are in the special, but, uh, it, it, I think it has a lot more, power now and so many more people have watched Dream of Italy again like on Amazon or pbs.org through COVID and I get these I mean the the kindness of strangers if I showed you some of these emails just just they got me through just they love the show or they it's inspired them to do something or they watch it three or four times or they love seeing my parents that are in one of the episodes and sometimes they know one of them is gone or none of them are gone or like mm -hmm. yeah. sometimes I say well you know they're not here anymore but they're there <laughs> that's yeah, great that's still part of me so like really I collected I started to screenshot all these emails and dms and I saved them and it's really for me on yeah. the top days like oh man and I got yesterday was a hard day I feel there's weird energy right now but that's just me I don't know and I got two random dms like you're so inspiring to us and like when I watch you and I see you do it I feel like I can do it and I'm like okay that's great you know I'm like very, very humble like, yeah the universe sends you what you need right when you need it you know to give you that little shot in the arm to keep going. And, and I know when I found your show, I was so excited because a couple of years ago, um, I started an Instagram, <clears throat> excuse me, um, for single mom globe trotter, which is just, I love photography and I love travel. And so it's just photography and travel. And it was about the kids, um, and our trip to Italy and, and London and whatever travels we've done since. And I really, really, really wanted to do, um, a trip around the world with them and, and, you know, film it in some way, whether it's, you know, myself filming it or whatever. And so I was doing some research and I got so angry the more I got into it because I couldn't find at that point, this was probably maybe 2017, any women doing travel shows, you know, there was all the big guys, most of them old white guys doing it. Um, and I was just like, this can't be like, I must be in a, a time warp or something like what's going on. Um, so that was another reason why I just, I love your show instantly because again, it was relatable. It was like, okay, there's, there's a woman and she's doing this. Oh my God. I feel like, yeah. <laughs> like, why is this so strange to see? But I loved it. And, and I don't know, you know, if that made it harder for you or, or what you found in, in that space, it just seems from a viewer's perspective, there just has not been anything. 
Well, there's a really cool show you should check out. Um, I know her through PBS, Colleen Kelly did a family travel show or does a family travel show for PBS. And she, um, and I think it's a great idea. Again, what you were saying, like a single mom traveling, um, she's married, I believe, but um, Samantha Brown, of course, was on the Travel Channel and yeah. recently came to PBS. So there are, my friend Michaela Malazzi, there are women, but, you know, even when I worked back at USA Today, I worked at their travel section, a lot of the calmness, a lot of the newsy guys, and I love them all, a newsy, see, I say guys, the newsy kind of people mm-hmm. were men. Um, and I think there's more and more that I know PBS has um, more and more diversity in their female hosts coming up and travel channel, but you're right. You know, there, there, there aren't as many women and, or women with kids. I don't have kids. And I sometimes wonder, could I have done this if I had kids? Some of the crazy, I could not, I could not have done this last year the way I did it if I had kids. So, um, I don't know if that's a factor. I, I tend, I hate to see things that way. I'll tell you like women versus men, but then sometimes we really actually have to look at it. Right. And I've had some of those experiences too. So I don't think it was, um, I don't think there was much thought that went into it. Was it like a barrier for you? I I was just so happy to see, (laughs) to see women represented. But unless you have a really, um, you know, I work a lot a lot because I'm also raising the money for the show. And it's it's really hard. Um, and I think I can speak for some of the other, even male hosts, you know, they're personally raising the money. It's kind of not something you can totally hand off to somebody else. So for specifically doing public television, there's, um, you know, that sort of barrier to entry. And then I think, you know, even travel channel is like women, you know, it's, they've changed. They're much more like ghost stories and, breweries and and so I don't know um but then of course we see our friend Stanley Tucci on I know I love that and so I think there's always these waves of travel shows and what's so funny is you know for instance on app there's definitely a Tucci effect because my Amazon you know earnings probably quadruple they've been going up and up and up well yeah because I search for Italy every weekend for something new and so yeah yeah, I'll watch anything that's on people see Italy and they want to see more of Italy and so Italy is definitely hot I'm definitely sometimes I'm ahead of my time (laughs) yeah very 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 hot right now um and I think again it's because it's an authentic alternative to life yeah, no, I love that. And you had mentioned um, before, you know, I want to go back to adversity a little bit because that's another thing that I like to um, to stare down, if you will, because it's it's one of those things that I, I think gets overlooked a lot. And again, in the Insta world, when people are just wanting to put the shiny <laughs> out there. Um, but if we know how to manage diversity or deal with diversity or move through diversity or we have some sort of skill set, um, it just, oh my God, it makes all the difference in the world. And I, like you have had, God, been through so much in my lifetime. Um, you know, there's part that everybody knows obviously about my ex-husband, but wait, I mean, that's like one thing, you know, like, and that's not the biggest thing that's happened to me. So, um, you know, my whole life was kind of like that. And so when COVID hit, I was like, oh, okay. So grab those skills that I've always yes. had in my back pocket. Let's go. Let's plug them in, you know? Yes. 
Um, and one thing I did notice is that there were a lot of people who had never been through anything, yes. anything traumatic, kind of like that, and did not oh have the skills. And, and they're like, they would freak to... out if their socks weren't lined up. I mean, right. that, that... didn't know how. It just literally was like, oh my God, like, how do you get up? How do you go move along? And so, yeah. um, I'm, what I hope is that now, I mean, the whole world kind of got that shock. And I'm hoping that that people are moving out of this with a skill set that they now have. Like now they know they can get through something that felt completely terrifying and out of their control. But don't forget about those skills moving forward. So I, you don't have to you know, say any specifics, but some of the maybe um, dealing with adversity or kind of moving through adversity before this happened, can you kind of think of any, anything that helped you or maybe any skills um, or any like tools that you relied on to just kind of get up and keep moving when things just felt. You know, I've had cool. sort of since, since my mid thirties, a tremendous amount of loss. I mean, even uh, my parents are not, they're the biggest loss, but they're not at all the only loss and, and um, health issues. And I mean, really, and I, I've, I've really toyed with how much, to say about it. I mean, sometime maybe when I write this book, if people actually knew what I had gone through or my life was really like, you would think this TV show was um, a miracle. Um, so the thing I learned when I was going and through, some of these things were years long, right? The thing that I learned is that I could have literally had a life where I shut the business down, got a very simple job, uh, or possibly even went on some kind of disability at some point when I was, was had this really difficult health issue and no one, you know, that was fine. That, that would have been appropriate. Right. So, um, I had every excuse. If you really knew my entire story, every single excuse to not do this, to not achieve this, to, uh, things that still carry on today that, um, that it just, it's pretty, it's pretty miraculous. And I never give myself credit, by the way, it's pretty miraculous to do this. Right, period. Right. But if you really knew the challenges I've had in my life. Um, and also, you know, I was, I had even recently, you know, my mother was diagnosed with stage four cancer in 2015. I made another, I mean, and I'm the only child and I was helping them. And, um, my father then had some dementia. I then lived with him the last year, year of his life. I, you know, my parents were basically dying through the last, you know, not actively because okay. I brought them to Italy, but they, you know, I had to do so much, for, you know, the, the, even when I look like I achieved the most in my life, I was taking care of two people. I was walking them home. Right. I mean, my, you know, I, there was always something else going on. And, um, and the thing I think I've learned that other people can learn from is you always have an excuse to not do something. And I had every excuse, trust me, I had every one of them. And it just did not enter my mind because I wanted my life to have some meaning. And I think maybe it's because I'd had so much loss right. that I needed this counterbalance. And, um, so I think that's what I've learned that, and again, I've noticed the same thing, like COVID to me, I mean, sure, it was terrifying and all that, but 
there are things in my life I've gone through that were far scarier, if anyone, you know, can even believe that. And um, again, like this show wasn't even funded last year. And I could have said, oh my God, there's a pandemic. Italy's affected. I'll never raise yeah, the money. Yeah, yeah. No one, blah, 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 blah. And none of that, and I have a feeling you're like this, although I don't know you well. I think anyone who has any success puts, does not have excuses. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think for me and, and I want to dig into it for you a little bit, um, having the end dream is everything. It's to me, it's the thing that gets me up and gets me going. It's the thing that bounces me back when I've just been knocked down. Um, like if I know what I'm trying to accomplish and where I want it to go. And I tie those to really specific moments, you know, so if I'm working on building my business, then I have all of these kind of moments tagged to various levels of it. And like when I wrote the book, you know, I've said this a lot that one of those moments was I wanted to be able to sign my book in in Barnes and Noble. And so kind of like having these specific moments are the things that like make me do something that feels impossible um, against the odds, whatever. And as long as I have that, and I actually want that thing, whatever that is, that moment or that experience or whatever, then literally nothing can get in my way. It's just a matter of time. And so it's kind of having that. I always am contrasting, okay, well, do I want to give up because I got a no, or I got a rejection or whatnot? Do I really want to give up my chance at that moment? And that's always the thing that kind of slaps me on the face. <laughs> like, come on, let's go. <laughs> Do you have that at all? Or, you know, have you I had that? Think that I went through so much and uh, there's sort of a, a caveat to this too. I survived so much that I'm like, yeah, no, if I survived that one, almost the more adversity, I'm not wishing adversity. And I didn't think I was going to have, I did not think, you know, I had really nice parents I had a nice childhood. I, it's really weird that my hardships started in my thirties, you know, like everyone has these different seasons of life. I didn't expect a life of adversity. You know, I didn't, right, um, right. I didn't expect a lot of, you never expect my, oh, I had this ex-boyfriend who always said, you know, from Monty Python, you never expect the Spanish inquisition. Um, so but the more I had, the more I knew, well, I, oh God, if I pulled that off, this I can pull off. Like I, I went and made this special. I knew I would raise the money. And I mean, that's not the only example in my life, but I, there's this guy, I feel like his name is Jerry. I don't remember. He's Asian and he had a podcast and he wrote a book about rejection. And he basically would literally spend all day doing something where he might get rejected. So he'd go to McDonald's, he'd ask for 50 free hamburgers. He'd, he'd go um, and, you know, uh, ask for a free t-shirt somewhere. Not everything was free. So he would get rejected 20 times a day. Now, sometimes they would say yes, but he got so used to rejection or adversity that not, he just didn't care anymore. And everything was yeah. It's true. Like you do get numb to it over time. And I always tell people in, 
whether you're an entrepreneur or you're in any type of sales. So if you're an entrepreneur, you are in any type of sales, even you are right. You had to raise money, which is a type. Yeah. And I never think I'm in it, but I am in sales. I never, you are. I mean, you have to raise money or if you're in a position where you need clients, that's sales. It's kind of, I have a magazine people subscribe to. Exactly. So it's it's like, I never think of that, but that is what it is. That is what it is. Yeah. I mean, even people always say, oh, well, I only want to work for myself. I'm not going to work for anybody. But you work for every client you have. (laughs) Like they they are your employer. (laughs) You know, like if you have a subscription Facebook group, they're your employer. You work for them, you know, so it's it's funny. But um, I think that, you know, I think that you're so right that so many times, um, you know, that initial adversity, if you don't have the skin for it, there's so many easy ways to talk yourself out of it versus if, you know, I always kind of look at it totally from a numbers game. So I'm like, all right, cool. If I do a hundred cold outreaches and I get one response, that's 1%. That's great. That just means in order to get 10 of those, I need a thousand, you know, it's, and you just literally shrug it off like that. Like, okay, cool. Well, all I need is one response. One response leads to this. And, you know, you start doing your start figuring it out that way and and stop taking it personal, man. If you're going to take it personal in anything, it doesn't matter what you're, you're. Oh, that's something you learn too, for sure. And I, I luckily grew up with a really strong sense of self and this one thing that I I think I've had, but um, it's not personal. And I think even when you get on TV, people make it personal and it's, you know, you don't like the show, don't watch the show. It's uh, exactly weird. That's also like a COVID weird. I never saw it before this last year, by the way, never saw it. Like people just, but everyone's angry about something. And <laughs> right. Oh, I've, I've gotten for years, people saying just some whack ass shit, you know, and you're it's, just like, it's so, keep uh, it trucking, keep it trucking, man. It's really in the venues where they're anonymous that they say it, you know, it's not, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's like, come on, if you, so it, uh, that's always interesting too. And, and I think, you know, I've just been through so much the last few years. I'm like, I, you know, whatever. I, 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 I don't really, I care, but I don't really care because you, we also touched, you're talking about clients and you're talking, you cannot, you know, I redesigned to the magazine and all these people love it. And this woman wrote me, you know, people can be very nasty when it's email, it's not to your face. And how she hated it and what was my I think she was not that right in the head but like what what I needed to respond to her and tell her like uh, respond to her like like basic I don't know what she wanted and I'm like look we're all doing the best that we can and I redesigned the magazine because I thought it would go this this and this and many people like it but you know I can't Uh, always going to be people who are not happy and um that sounds like such a simple thing but it's it's another thing about pushing through and success um if you really need if you really need the approval of others it it will be very yeah yeah and it's it is so interesting because you're right i get nasty emails all the time i'll say (laughs) probably almost every time i send out a subscription, you know, like email subscription thing, which people have subscribed to. I know. Um, And I'll be like, choose the unsubscribe link. It's at the bottom of every email I send. If you don't want it, don't get it. Like, you know, and it's so funny, like 
I think I have all these theories about people, some of the deep psychological theories about people who um, love to point out like what you've done wrong. Oh my God. It happens all the time. I can't tell you how many times people will say, Hey, you had slide two spelled wrong. If you need help on, well, reach out to me. I'm like, I don't thanks. And I'm fine with it being misspelled. Like what is the problem? People like to, there are certain types of people who like to just, uh, and I often, I like, I'm fascinated by psychology and and people, um, families and, and how those create who we are. And, and I'm also like, oh God, did that one have a mother who picked at everything? Like I I really, (laughs) sometimes my assistant and I discuss it. I'm like, what's this one's problem? I mean, because it's so overblown. It's like, look, I didn't kill your puppy. Um, it's, it's, so it's interesting. And I think that's been this weird, like I just said, again, the last year I've, I've never, it, it, everyone's like off their rocker. Um, and you have that thick skin. You just, you have to have the ability to say, okay, that sucked. And, and I won't, I will not lie. It will be in my head for several days. Sure. Shake it off. Like, this is not, you know, this that's, is not your thing. That's like, another on. thing you have to, um, learn faster to shake things off fast. Yeah. Cause otherwise it does affect kind of everything. And I don't, and like, you know, and I, like even this, you know, this, this show really came, the special came together, but there were things I just, I mean, it seemed like everything that could get, not everything that could go wrong, but it's, there's always so many run, um, pieces, moving pieces. And you, you just have to shake off like, okay, that part didn't work out. Okay. We'll do this. Okay. I, I don't know. It's just, yeah. 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 I love it because the better that, you know, the more that you continue to pursue, <clears throat> to pursue whatever it is that you want, I think. And the, and the more you are aware of yourself and of how you react to things, the more you can, adapt and make changes and say, I'm going to do that differently. I'm going to, you know, not look at that comment or, I'm, you know, do the, you start putting in measures that help you to quote unquote, shake it off faster because you don't want that energy to bleed to the rest of, you know, all the good that you're putting out into the world. And I just want to say, I love what you do. I'm so excited for the specials. So um, tell everybody where they can can watch that and participate, and and where the they can get a hold of the book. Um, and I'm super excited because I think there's a little bit of quoted in our, it. our yeah. story of Italy in there too. So I'm I'm thrilled for that. Um, but yeah, tell us where we can support you. So uh, the special is called Dream of Italy: Travel, Transform, and Thrive. And of course, we've had two seasons and another special. But if you go to dreamofitaly.com slash TTT, you can put your zip code in and you can see when it's airing as a pledge special. It's also airing as a regular special. But if you watch during pledge and you give money to your public television station, you can get the book. So it's a companion book. I'm not sure if I told you, Francis Mays wrote the forward. And oh, that's so awesome. So for now, at least the next few months, you can only get it through pledging to the public television station, but I, it will be available widely after that. And if you are interested in Italy, I have the magazine, you get 180 back issues, which is 19 years of my work. Um, and that's, you can also find that at dreamofilly.com. We have a podcast, virtual workshops, uh, you know, all these things in addition to the, to the TV show and uh, a travel service if you need help booking a, a trip to go back. So everything's, you know, all the Instagram and Twitter and everything is Dream of Italy. And um, yeah, that's how to find it all. 
Uh, I love it so much. And I have to tell you, I haven't told you yet, but I just booked a trip for the girls and I, so just the three of us. Um, and we are going to Italy in uh, flying into Rome in August. Uh, so everybody oh God, I'm ready to meet you. <laughs> I know. I know you need to meet us there. We're gonna good, um, the airfares are really good right now. Did you get a good air? Yes. Oh my God. I literally got it with nothing miles basically and it cost me 58 bucks for all three taxes for the three wow taxes. yeah so yeah. people listening right now um you know in may june book your tickets now even for next year they're they're really good i'm, I'm gonna watch i won't book anything i always tell people what to do and i don't actually do it Girl, book it. <laughs> come visit us come visit us and exactly. Uh, the Airbnbs, y'all who are listening, like crazy, like a hundred bucks a night or less. Like I could yeah. not believe the villas in, which were half of what it was last time I went. And I think it's probably because they're just now reopening, yeah. uh, you know, so they haven't had probably any of that income for about a year, but literally gorgeous villas in Tuscany for like a hundred bucks a night. Um, um, where are you going? Just Rome or other places? Um, so we're flying into Rome and then we're actually going to spend three days in Santorini. And then the rest of the time, just at a villa in Tuscany, just chilling. It'll be hot because August, but I was like, I don't care. <laughs> so wow. yes, I will be thinking of you the whole time. Yeah, I'll let you know if I can get there. I would love I'm that. Trying. I just, you know, even finishing up this special and then I have this, my, my dog is older and blind and um, so figuring that one out and uh, it's so funny. I, you thought I'd be right. I thought I'd be ready, right? To go, yeah. um, but maybe soon, maybe sooner rather than later. Yes, August in Tuscany, let's do it. <laughs> so for everybody out there who has a dream of Italy, go watch the show, watch the special, get the book, pledge, follow uh, Kathy at Dream of Italy on Insta and let us know how you were inspired by the show. Um, comment, share, please give back in that way. That's how you can help support um, both Kathy and I is by being an active participant. Yeah. Um, it's important to us and, and we want to put out content that's important to you. So thank you so much, Kathy, for sharing your time today. Love you, girl. Love this. And for everybody out there, keep hustling and keep thriving. Thanks for listening. And remember, if you got value from today's show, please spread the love by clicking subscribe, leaving a stellar review, and telling everyone you know. And join us next time on The Sarah Centrella Show.